Thomas Van Kaleg Topu. Aaron Gaitel shares to Firkin Fulcheroif Galer, August Farm Firkin Fulcheroif Buil Pen, an Agris Nuita on Ogovil's Kutik Word, August Magan Cora, who an Irish writer center, August Shibali Lekaleg, the Tirklekaleg, and Togrinuiana Versan and Sirsha, Sirsha Firhovoktak, Jason Fakil Screen of Screen Oracle, Sirsha Screen, rather Tofia Tovoktak. I must say how welcome you all are. Different organizations, Word, that's in existence since 2015 approximately, and which came about through the Irish Writers' Centre, who were all of here. And it is, uh, I think, uh, responded to the need for those who are concerned for writing, those who wish to write, and those who see the importance of writing, being able to come together on, on mutual issues. And then, of course, Penn. And Penn has had a long history in Ireland, in, from the Lady Gregory's time on through the 1930s. And of course, I would familiar myself with uh, Penn International, uh, which has been just so very important in defending the right to the right, the fundamental right to hold opinions and to write uh, without inter uh, uh, without harassment. The Universal Declaration says to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive and impart information through any media regardless of frontiers, which is a very, one of the most uh, fundamental rights. I was thinking about wh uh, what I would say, and I have to say I was on Saturday at Liam Rochelle's bookshop in Cork. I decided to call in, and there I met the third generation of the Rochelle family. And Liam Rochelle was most interesting himself, apart altogether from uh, his participation in the independence movement, but he was most interesting to me for another reason, and that is from about the age of 16, he worked in bookshops. The one that I visited that is now in danger of closing down, it is closing down, I'm sadly, um, is in fact, uh, I think, his fourth bookshop in Cork as he moved through the, through the different part, to different, as it was getting bigger and bigger at the time. And on, on Saturday, it struck me as I was there, some of the people who had been supporters of that bookshop over many years uh, coming in, and, and I was looking at the reprinted, uh, editions of the cooler press that were on sale because there was a clearance of all the books and manuscripts and paper. And it reminded me of something. This is why I prefer to speak to my fellow writers and others rather directly rather than reading you a speech. But it, was, it reminded me of battles more than 25 years ago when I was Minister for Arts, Culture and the Gaelic between 93 and 97. And we had the presidency of the Council of Culture Ministers of the European Union in 1996. And we were fighting that stage, the last stages of a battle, to defend the fixed price of the book. And uh, I left office in 1997, and at this stage there were three countries, uh, ourselves and Austria, and one other country still holding out on that. And I have to say what a disaster it has been uh, to think there was a time when those of us who write poetry, for example, I remember we agitating for a little section in the bookshops that would be for poets and so forth. Where are the poets and so forth and so on? And here you, you have really uh, uh, the idea 
uh, the whole, there, there was a fundamental principle at stake. And the fundamental principle was, was that the book or the piece of art or whatever should not be part of the commodities regime in relation to the discussions in relation to trade. It was for the same reason I remember uh, uh, holding out for l'exception culturelle when I was going to the, to, the, uh, to the meetings on that. And I just uh, felt that it is, uh, it's a battle that for which a high price has been paid. It has had an effect. And I want to salute on an occasion we have so many writers here. Uh, the people who are going on still, what, what a great contribution it is to contemporary life to have people like uh, the University College Cork's printing in relation to the, let us say, the Great Book of the Famine, the Great Book of the Rising, and the other publishers who are holding on. But we are in a quite, so it's a good time for the writing organisations, the human rights organisations in relation to the freedom of expression, and those who have the centre to be coming together uh, to take stock of where we are. Uh, I think in relation to, I'm speaking in Florence in a few weeks' time, and the future of the European Union, but it's quite striking uh, how little attention is being paid to these some terrible mistakes that have been made at the level of the European Union. I've mentioned one in relation to publishing and books. And another is the disastrous procurement policy. The idea that for in relation to libraries that you, should, that you must have in fact had experience of a contract over a particular size to actually supply libraries, when in fact there were great sensitivities there in the libraries in both regionally and in towns and cities and so forth. And again that is a disaster as I'll describe it. May I give you an example of its interstupidity, again drawn from about 24 years ago when I had responsibility for the National Concert Hall and we were looking at the repairs to the organ. And the grandson of the person who repaired to the organ in many cases was a person who would have been most knowledgeable about it. But his family couldn't apply to do the job because once again, that firm now didn't have the experience of taking on a contract over a particular size. It is absolutely so working against the very definition of culture itself. Uh, there, is, there aren't campaigns going on seeking to put these matters right because if we are to restore a conversation with the European street and invite people of every generation to have a composed version, version of citizenship, it must really address this issue. No more than the nonsense that was there for a while, uh, because of people making a temporary arrangement in relation to libraries themselves, that maybe you could have libraries with no humans working in them, and just be putting in books. I think, in a way, one of the things, I've visited a wonderful exhibition in, on later on that same last weekend in, in Cork City Library, they have a lovely an old building which every square inch of it is being used with great librarian staff separate section of Rory Gallagher for example and people being it being used all of the time I just thought um, you, your presence is, on this very bright day has encouraged me to uh, actually depart entirely from what it is that I was supposed to be saying which is of course <laughs> <laughs> Push, uh, this, is, uh, this is, of course, entirely what happens uh, 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 with writers. So I really want to say that in relation to, yes, there are some projects you are taking together which are very, very important. For example, the idea of having one particular action every year in which you cooperate. The other is making contact as well with those. I think, remember, we have to 
awful uh, murder of, of journalists, including uh, in Malta and elsewhere. But last, I think, look at the International Committee for the Protection of Journalists. The figures for last year, they have a very low figure, of, but I think it's far greater. It's about, they, they give a figure of 250 uh, journalists who were jailed for, for simply practising their craft. But I think, really, the position of the writer, the position of those who want to defend rights in relation to writing means that one will be dealing with the state, you'll be dealing with fundamentalisms of different kind, and one will be dealing with the marketplace, which is perhaps the most threatening of all. And therefore, actually, defending the space of writing and reading and reflection and critique within, in a way that is separate from that, the, we shouldn't all have to go to airport outlets to buy our books. Uh, we are in a, in a, the atmosphere. There is a, something else about the idea of uh, the great bookshops that we have lost. So I, I very much think I, I'm very supportive of anything you may do in that regard. I very much support you in the advocacy that you're suggesting, obviously. Not that you're suggesting, but that you're practising in relation to defensive rights. It is always difficult. And may I say directly as well, because as a head of state, I deal with governments and other heads of state. States and governments who do not allow the fullest expression of freedom damage themselves, and they come to know it in time and have, must be encouraged uh, to come to know it. I think also, uh, as well, there are other things. Look at the good news that we've had uh, in celebrating the rising in 1916 and going on to the centenary of 2016. Maybe one of the greatest achievements was the rescuing of the women with the participants and the women writers. And I also want to say as well, when I'm uh, shortly launching the, the, Cambridge, the new Cambridge uh, uh, set of eight volumes uh, of history, I so welcome the female historians uh, into the debate and what a difference it has made it and, and what a great wider vision we now have. I congratulate you on your celebration of four militant women and when you're that you had in the Irish Writers' Centre. And I think uh, all of that means uh, um, it, it's so encouraging. May I go, return to one other negative, which sometimes, this matter I've just been saying about uh, the, the fixed price of the book, the procurement policy, what is to be the position in relation to the new cultural initiatives in relation to the European Union. Some people tell me they have difficulty finding the European Union office. Uh, who is it? Uh, where is it? Why haven't we a discussion? Uh, if we're discussing the future of Europe, um, surely it is before we all put ourselves into paroxysms of fear and, uh, and uh, seek to discuss only our military protection. It would be useful to occasionally hear where there might be an inter discussion on the culture we're supposed to share. And uh, I, I sometimes find it difficult. Someone asks me, who is it? Uh, where is it? And I say to them, because I'm here, I said, it used to be in Molesworth Street. <laughs> uh, so it's like a closed bookshop. I think there are other issues upon which your advocacy will be equally very important. I think that as the debate opens up in relation to pensions, uh, we still 
have made good progress, but insufficient in relation to the, to the social protection of writers. And not just, for example, every now and again, people would say that we must be doing a great deal for emerging writers, and that is correct. But what about the older writer? I have to say uh, that the late, uh, when I read about my, uh, somebody that Sabine and I both know, Patrick Pye giving up his knus because he couldn't feel that he was a working painter anymore, I was quite appalled by it. But equally, we have to address the issue of how those who give their life to writing and who often have been encouraging others and going around schools and giving readings and so forth, they are making a very important to the infrastructure of citizenship, and that raises issues of income, it raises issues of pensions, it raises issues of their appropriate housing, and it raises issues of security. I've really said enough. I now have really given you even another agenda, <laughs> apart altogether from the agenda that you have of protecting the right to speak and the right to publish and the right to meet and so on, all of which, of course, I support. And I so want to wish you well in it all. And I also say that I can't think of a group of people who are uh, more, uh, in, in more, more welcome here than your good selves. And I do want to, as we all meet on a bright day like today, isn't it appropriate, as you are doing, that we remember all those who are behind bars, those who are in very small, confined spaces, because simply that they wouldn't uh, be silent and who wanted the right to, to speak out. And finally, finally, because this is Blin Le I think we really need to make a very, very good effort. As I would, as I say in Irish, Fehinarira Fun Gwilge, Ta Lan Nehi Exulia Fogar Hadan Blin Atolichiat, Ta Shatavakdak, Gamrakmid in Arira Fun Radatoigest. We have, in fact, to make a decent good effort to the people, for, for example, who, who, who are working and writing in the Irish language. I often think, for example, of Martin O'Kine uh, 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 being steadied on a stone wall by Martin Stondon in 1969 when, when he was supporting the candidate for the Glusha And Martin, what you miss if you miss an Irish language. <coughs> A writer in Irish could rise blisters in any of you. <laughs> and I'll tell you one of the things about it is, is that only that as well. I've said that also, but also it is very true. I was looking at a piece the other day from Biddy uh, Jenkinson. You can write the most sensitive, erotic pieces in, in, in Irish. And also, of course, the wonderful, still with us, Mara Mockenty. So... Whatever we do and whatever you're about, I want to say, I so congratulate you for the work you're doing in your separate organisations, what you will do together, and very particularly as you take on new initiatives, I want to wish you every success in it all. Thank you very much. <laughs>